listening to In Tune, a podcast series featuring equity research analysts from BMO Capital Markets. Our shows explore key emerging themes, trends, and issues which are important to our institutional clients globally. Today, we're doing a deep dive into air mobility, essentially the emerging electric vehicle takeoff and landing aircraft market. I'm Camilla Sutton, Managing Director in Equity Research, and I'm joined by two of our equity analysts, Fadi Shamoon, Transportation Analyst, and John Stevenson, Special Projects Analyst. Today, we will be getting their insights from their co-authored Air Mobility Report released on April 14th. If you haven't seen the report, I highly encourage you to read it. You can pull it from our BMO Research Library. Fadi, welcome. Can you give us a few opening comments? Uh, Sure. Thanks, Camilla. So we have research coverage of the aerospace sector, and we have been watching the electric aircraft market for some time. We decided to publish this comprehensive analysis of the market because we felt it is quickly shifting from development phase to the commercialization phase with really uh, growing investor interest uh, in that space as well. Additionally, this emerging segment of the commercial aviation market is expected to have an impact on CAE, which is one of the companies under our coverage universe. Welcome, John. What is an eVTOL aircraft and what need does it serve? Well, sure. An eVTOL aircraft is an electric aircraft that can take off and land just like a helicopter. It can travel short distances up to 200 miles, transporting passengers in a fraction of the time that is typically needed on congested roadways. It's faster, cheaper alternative to helicopter flight. Large urban population centers face significant challenges in terms of ensuring population mobility in the face of limited options to expand transportation capacity. Congestion is a productivity killer and has high inherent cost to the economy. The eVTOL market offers a cost-competitive solution to help solve many of the transportation challenges that we face. Interesting. So, Fadi, what made the eVTOL market technology commercially viable now? Primarily, improving battery technology made longer flight times possible and at a competitive cost as well. Battery prices have declined by roughly 20% per year in the last eight years. So significant advances in aerospace technologies also play the role here, specifically in terms of distributed electric propulsion, which really allows for improved aircraft aerodynamics, meaningfully improved safety and noise level. These aircraft are extremely quiet, which is an important requirement for operation in high-density population markets. So can we talk a little bit about the cost of this transportation mode relative to the alternative? Well, at a production rate of 5,000 aircraft per year for a single manufacturer could put the unit cost per mile at a competitive level with Uber pool. The industry right now is fragmented. And so getting to this higher level will take time. Our thinking is that the first market to launch service will be the downtown to airport market, where this kind of service can replace existing helicopter services and ultimately be competitive with ground black car service. An area where this is displacing the existing helicopter service, there is already an infrastructure in place also. 
And that's a big advantage uh, because you can slot these operations uh, right into where these helicopter markets are operating today, which means much lower infrastructure hurdle to overcome, at least initially. Interesting. So, John, can you elaborate on the infrastructure that will be needed for this type of aircraft to operate efficiently? Well, there's really two things that EVTOLs need. They need charging infrastructure and they need a place to land and take off from. So in terms of the landing or takeoff areas, really anything could be used. But typically what we see is unused office uh, building rooftops. The tops of parking garages could be used for these vertiports. As well, in cities like San Francisco, Vancouver, or New York, floating barges could be used. Clover leaves on highways could be used, which would be a novel way to use unused space more effectively. When the rooftops of office buildings are used as a vertiport, that would have an advantage in that the lower levels or the lower floors could be used as a passenger screening area and perhaps a lounge, with the upper floor, the roof of the office tower being used for controlled access to active flight operations. John, other applications where you see this type of product being used other than the airport shuttle? So we examined three broad use cases for this type of aircraft in our analysis. The first, which we believe is the most likely what you referred to as the airport shuttle, which is basically a, a service from a major airport to the center of the urban uh, the urban core and probably ending and terminating at a, at a transportation hub such as a train or subway station. We believe that this is the most likely uh, use case because it would require limited infrastructure buildup, and many of these routes are already flown by helicopter, making it easier to get clearance for these operations. The second use case we examined was that of a regional commuter aircraft, something that might fly from Ottawa to Toronto, for example, or from Boston to New York. We see that happening in more of a medium term, seven years or so out from today, because it's dependent on further advances in battery technology. And lastly, the, the, the last use case we examined was as a point-to-point on-demand air taxi. We believe we'll eventually get there, but this is dependent on dramatically increasing the infrastructure to support such operations. Likely, this service will launch with a limited number of origin destination pairs and then scale from there. In terms of industry verticals, there are many that could utilize this type of transportation mode. Freight is one of them. And in fact, UPS has placed an order for 10 aircraft with an option to go up to 150 aircraft. They intend to use it in value-added delivery markets, such as healthcare, as well as in rural markets, and even to feed large city center hubs like New York City. We think medical applications generally might be very suitable for this market. We anticipate that over time, technological advances will allow for longer range and maybe allow for the addressable market to expand even further. I'm looking forward to that. Fatty, what does timing or entry into service look like? Yeah, I think um, entry into service is still kind of moving target at this point, but uh, we think initial commercial flights uh, could begin as early as 2023 and 2024 timeframe. Uh, UPS, as an example, is aiming for 2024 timeframe for entry into service for their aircraft. Uh, trials have already started in many places, including uh, Singapore. So we expect to see 
a gradual build-out of the infrastructure in the 2023 to 2028 timeframe. And that includes uh, multi-ports and landing areas and that John kind of talked about earlier, and also air traffic navigation systems. Most manufacturers anticipate having a certified aircraft within that timeframe as well. Uh, CAE, uh, a Canadian uh, champion in the pilot training business globally, is working with Jaunt Aviation, among others, on certification of an aircraft within that 2023-2028 timeframe. So we think that there is a strong case for adoption in value add and market in the first five years, and maybe uh, through the end of this decade, uh, and that's airport transportation, freight transportation, medical applications perhaps as well, and a significant increase in adoption going into the 2030-2035 timeframe in the 500 largest cities globally. Obviously, as unit costs decline, the addressable market expands, and that's something we'll be watching very closely. Uh, Consolidation amongst the fragmented players uh, within the industry would also accelerate the process of achieving the critical mass and the lower unit costs. So a lot still is a moving part at this stage, uh, Camilla. Thanks, Fatty. John, speaking about training, what type of pilot regulations will be adopted in this market? Well, first, I think we should say that we really believe that for the foreseeable future, these operations will be piloted operations. While a case can be made for autonomous operations, uh, while more revenue-paying customers, for example, we believe that the public is going to be just too resistant to flying on autonomous aircraft. In terms of certification, our view is that pilots will be fully certified as commercial airline pilots with a rating for eVTOLs. We believe this is the logical standard that the industry is pushing for because it allows the industry to tap into a much larger pool of commercial airline pilots than a more limited pool of helicopter pilots. As well, it broadens the career path for pilots by allowing them work as eVTOL pilots and possibly at a later date migrate to flying for commercial airlines or vice versa. So, Fatty, what does this mean for the demand for pilots and for a company like CAE? So, CAE is one of our favorite ideas. I think I mentioned that earlier, but repeating uh, is not a bad thing in this case. Uh, Look, the basis for the positive outlook for uh, CAE is an anticipated demand recovery in commercial aviation and business aviation in the coming three years. We think pilot shortages issues will emerge again as early as 2022, and CAE will experience strong demand improvement across all its end market. It also helps that CAE has reduced structural costs during the downturn, acquired accretive assets, and its peers, competitors, have struggled and with a few of them exiting the pilot training business altogether. Now, as John said, the pilots for these electric VTOL aircraft will be commercial pilots. And this required an infrastructure of training equipment, full flight simulators effectively, and training services to develop around the industry to maintain a pilot population with the skills that are needed uh, to pilot these aircrafts. Uh, We think this creates demand for an additional 66,000 pilots between now and 2030. 
or roughly more than 20% increase in the CAE addressable market based on the, the commercial aviation outlook of today, basically. So it's pretty meaningful impact. And we think ultimately this end market uh, will look like more the business aviation market where training is fully outsourced uh, to companies that are conducting the training like CAE. So a pretty meaningful step change in their uh, addressable market, we think, as this uh, EVTOL aircraft uh, enter service and ultimately gain scale over time. Fatty and John, thank you very much for joining us today. We certainly covered a lot of ground and it's a future I'm looking forward to. That was Fatty Shamoon, BMO Capital Markets Equity Transportation Analyst, and John Stevenson, Special Projects Analyst. BMO Capital Markets is proud to deliver thoughtful analysis of upcoming sector trends that will prove important to clients' investment decisions. If you enjoyed today's Intune podcast, please do subscribe and rate it. Thanks for listening to Intune, presented by BMO Capital Markets Equity Research. You can subscribe to Intune on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other podcast providers. Or visit our website at researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com to listen to more podcasts. Until next time, thank you for tuning in. To access our full disclosures, please visit researchglobalzero.bmocapitalmarkets.com slash public dash disclosure.